Crafts, Draft Sankai. Crafts, 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 Oh, Crafts, Draft Sankai. It's too long of a name. Craft, 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 Crafts, Draft Sankai. Crafts, Draft Sankai. Woo woo. Crafts, Drafts, Drafts, Crafts, Crafts, Drafts, and Prime. There we go. That's it. That's Say that five times fast. <laughs> I'm already, I stumble over like three words at a time. I can barely do that. Hi guys, I'm Valerie. And I'm Jasmine. And this is Crafts, Drafts, Crafts, Drafts, and Cry. Boom. <laughs> and we are like um, going to power through this episode without singing to you anymore. I, I think I promise. Yeah, I'll promise that. <laughs> Fine. I guess I can not sing for a while. <laughs> We're taking a break. So today we are going to be talking about Autumn Stone. The sources for today are the Seattle Police Department Case Investigation Report, Seattle Times, Herald Net, and Kiro 7. Triggers for this episode are going to be discussion of suicide and child abuse. So we're talking about Autumn Stone. On Friday, August 30th, 2019 at 3.30 p.m., a man named Justin was paddleboarding with his two daughters at Green Lake in Seattle, Washington. His wife stayed on shore watching them. Justin and his daughters noticed a large turtle close to the shore, only 20 yards, which is about 60 feet from the water's edge. A half hour later, upon paddling back towards the shore, Justin noticed that the turtle hadn't moved. So he decided to paddle a little closer to it. He's like, that's kind of weird. And when he did, he realized he was horribly mistaken. The large object in the water was a woman's body. So he hurried to shore and he dialed 911. Homicide detective of 30 years, Ed Garcia, arrived at the scene. As the sirens approached, Justin and his wife saw a man who she described as a six-foot-tall man with salt-and-pepper hair and a ponytail leave quickly from the bench on where he sat. A police officer... Officer? Officer. I started reading the firefighter part and I went with it. I combined (laughs) the two. Officer is an officer firefighter. (laughs) A police officer and firefighter retrieved the body of 23-year-old Autumn Stone from the scene. Autumn was wearing a vest zipped up all the way, like to her chin. When they unzipped the vest, which they struggled with, they revealed shoelaces underneath tied around her neck. Autumn was fully clothed, including her socks, but her shoes were missing. A while later, her shoes were located in some bushes with the laces missing. Garcia saw no signs of struggle, no defensive wounds, and no marks of a body being dragged. An hour after Autumn's body was found, a police officer told a reporter that it was probably a suicide. What in the actual fuck would somebody say that for? I feel like, so this is going to sound really stupid, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't be able to make assumptions when you're a police officer. <laughs> like, stupid assumptions like that. But then I realize, like, that's part of their job. They're supposed to assume, like, you know, they're supposed to be able to say, hmm. I feel like, okay, let me just rework this. I feel as though when officers are coming up to a crime scene like this, they should immediately think homicide and then prove proof through investigative work 
that it is either yes a homicide or accidental or anything else. I agree. So like everybody says, you know, innocent until proven guilty. I say homicide until proven otherwise. Love that slogan. Okay, that's going to be our new thing. That is our Craft Straps and Crime slogan. I'm putting it on a t-shirt. Yep, so TM. there is no reason that an hour, when an hour later, when no investigation has been done except for basic looking around the park, that there's any assumption about what happened to her. And there's even less of a reason for it to be given to a reporter. Yeah, that's like very prematurely for them to give any kind of anything to them without any actual investigative work being done, which is really kind of shocking because usually they're like really like good with, you know, leaving reporters out of shit like this, especially when Not it today. comes to like, cause she's a, she's, she's, how old is she? 23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But so like, either way, like she's a young woman, like why would you just go ahead and throw that shit out there to the news and then like let them run with it, I'm sure. Like she still has a family at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, I don't understand at all why somebody would do that. I think it's terrible. And of course, you know, no witnesses in the park had seen anything. So the firefighter that helped pull her out of the water said, quote, I don't think anyone could have done this to themselves. No, hell no. I mean, okay, let me not be that dramatic. Maybe, I mean, maybe you could, like, if you're really, like, you really wanted this to happen, like, you would do whatever you could. Like, anything is, is doable if you put your mind to it, basically. Anything can I happen. disagree. You can do anything. You really? I do, and I'll tell you why, but in a little bit. Okay, cool. Tell me why in a little bit. But I feel like, you know, if you really put your head through head to something, like your mind to it, and words are really hard for me today, so don't judge me. I don't know why I'm doing this. But anyways, so I feel like if you put your your mind to it, you, you want this shit to be done, you're going to do it. Um, however, this, because you said it was shoestring or shoelaces that were around her neck. Yes. That's just, it's not, it doesn't, that's not, not. Well, it's just and not. Shoot, and we'll, I'll get more into that too. So actually, I'll just wait. I'll get more into that in a little bit. So let me tell you a little bit about Autumn. Autumn's parents divorced when she was 12 years old. Her mother attributes her getting sober to Autumn's help. By all accounts, Autumn was the kind of person who took care of those who she cared about. In high school, Autumn started getting ulcers from stress which resulted in her dropping out, but she did later get her diploma. Autumn had her first child, a son, with a man named Jacob Johnson, who, with whom she shared custody. This son was three years old at the time of Autumn's death. In 2017, Autumn was working at Nordstrom Cafe and became reconnected with someone she knew from her childhood, Tyler Washington. The two ended up getting engaged, and their wedding date was set in early September of 2019. So very close to the time of her death. Just several weeks before her death, Autumn gave birth to her and Tyler's son. The couple lived with Autumn's grandparents while saving up for their own place. All was going well for Autumn until August 21st, 2019, when at 9.45 p.m., Autumn went to go get food since Tyler didn't drive. So she got home 12 minutes later and she found Tyler and her grandparents over the baby who was limp and gasping for air. 
He survived, but he was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury and had broken ribs. They determined that it wasn't possible that the injuries were accidental. So two days later, child welfare workers spoke with Autumn, Tyler, and other family members and explained that they were taking custody of the baby pending an investigation. They explained the medical evidence found by the doctors and said, quote, Tyler's past also played a part. So Autumn had no idea what that meant. See, Tyler also had a child from a previous relationship, a little girl. Well, when that girl was five weeks old in May of 2013, she was taken to the hospital with a fractured skull, broken ribs, bleeding, and swelling in her brain. She was having trouble breathing and was lethargic. Doctors called Child Protective Services and the Everett Police Department, which is where the hospital is located in Washington. Tyler, who was 18 at the time, eventually admitted that, quote, he just snapped because the baby wouldn't stop crying and fussing. So he shook and squeezed her out of frustration. She survived, but has permanent brain damage that affects the left side of her body. She also suffers from seizures. When he admitted it, he said, quote, he had an anger problem and was sorry for taking it out on his daughter. He was sentenced to five years in prison in 2014. He pleaded guilty to second-degree assault of a child, but he was released after two years in 2016, shortly before reconnecting with Autumn. Autumn was in complete shock. She had never seen him violent, and Tyler told her that he had pleaded guilty but did not actually commit the crime, and he kept it a secret because he thought she wouldn't accept him if she knew. Autumn broke off their engagement, and Tyler moved out of the house. Because of the investigation, Jacob, who's the father of Autumn's eldest toddler son, has custody of him for the time being. He was persuaded to sign papers to limit Autumn to supervised visits so that she wouldn't lose all of her parental rights. Autumn and Tyler also decided to take a break from communication during the investigation. So just as a reminder... That happened August 21st of 2019. Now that we're caught up, I want to give you a run through of Autumn's last day, August 30th, 2019. Autumn had plans with Jacob to have a supervised visit with her son between 1.30 and 2 p.m. She spoke with her friend Kimberly on the phone at 9.36 a.m. and told her about everything that happened in her that her parental rights were currently on the line. She told Kimberly that she was determined to get her sons back, and she told Kimberly that she was, quote, going to get answers today. Additionally, she texted her father, quote, I know it will be a long process, but I have faith that eventually I will have my babies with me. Autumn wrote a prayer in her notebook at 1026 a.m. In this entry, she wrote, quote, Thank you for all the blessings you have given me in my life my two beautiful sons who are my whole world. I love my babies with every piece of my heart and would and will do anything and everything I need to make sure they have the absolute best lives possible. Amen. Autumn called and told her mom that she was going to go for a walk at Green Lake Park and then to go get a pedicure before seeing her toddler son. She last spoke to her at 11.31 a.m. when she arrived at the lake. At 11.51 a.m., Autumn texted her stepmom a thank you for the picture of her infant son, along with, quote, 
I should be able to talk with the police on Tuesday for a polygraph. Nobody saw or heard from her between 11.51 a.m. and when her body was first seen in the water at 3.30 p.m. Autumn's phone had been damaged in the water. Police did not contact Kimberly or Jacob, whom she had spoken to the day of her death. Four days later, Garcia contacted Tyler, and Tyler sounded shocked. He came to the station, and his alibi for the day was being at his mom's apartment in Bellevue, which she corroborated. Tyler willingly let police search his phone, but there was no location data available on his phone since the 10th of August. Garcia wrote up a warrant for Tyler's phone records, but because they hadn't found any evidence of homicide to suggest it as a possibility, they didn't have probable cause to get the warrant issued. So at this point, my question is what it always is. What does the autopsy show? So we know that she was found with her with shoelaces tied around her neck and the zipper all the way up over the shoelaces. Autumn's cause of death was asphyxia due to ligature strangulation. There was no water in her lungs. She also had sperm cells inside of her. The manner of death was undetermined. The doctor who performed the autopsy very rarely leaves the manner of death undetermined, but he stated that he did not have enough information about the case from police to make a conclusive statement. He acknowledged that there were no marks on her neck aside from the actual ligature marks and that there were no signs of trauma to her extremities. She did have red marks on the inside of the bottom of her lip. Well, remember the prayer that I read you from Autumn's notebook about her sons? Yes. Police determined that that was a suicide note. So, I know everybody's probably thinking now, wait, what the heck? I'm going to read it to you again. Because now that you know that, I want you to hear this with a vision of this being a potential suicide note. Quote, Thank you for all the blessings you have given me in my life. My two beautiful sons who are my whole world. I love my babies with every piece of my heart and would and will do anything and everything I need to make sure they have the absolute best lives possible. Amen. Um, I don't take that as a suicide note. Just because I feel like, right. I feel like everybody, I feel like maybe that last sentence is what makes it give off that kind of vibe, I guess. Like, it's just like, um, I'll do everything I have to to make sure you guys have a better life. So, like I, I like I said, I don't think it's it's anything more than what it is, which is just a simple prayer. Because that's something I would say for my ch- for my child. Like I will do everything in my power to make sure you have a better life than what I did. Not to say I had a bad life or anything, but like you know, you're a parent. Like they're you're there to raise these kids and make sure that they don't have to go through things that go through things that you had to when you were younger so like that's what it is but I mean I feel like just with like the cops just going in saying oh that's it it's a suicide this is this is even more of a suicide so right oh you wrote this letter with well you wrote a prayer the day that you died that must be a suicide note it's like no she's saying I'm literally in the middle of fighting for my custodial rights and I'm saying I'll do everything I need to to make sure that I will fight for you and that you're gonna have the best life it's not a suicide. Right. So, Nothing about that's a suicide now. Right, exactly. But yeah, like I feel like that last thing, like 
they're like, oh, well, maybe she probably felt like if she killed herself, that's one way her kids will get, have a better life without her. Like, they'll go to, like, her, her oldest will go to his dad, and then the youngest will stay with her, with um, his grandma or grandpa. I think that's, and I, I just, I don't, I mean, you're right, that's obviously what they were doing. That's obviously what they were saying. I just think it's ridiculous. And also, on that note, police didn't mention in their case report that there were sperm cells found inside of her. And they also didn't send that evidence to the lab for DNA analysis right away. Police didn't mention in their case report that there were sperm cells found inside of her. And they also didn't send this evidence to the lab for DNA analysis right away. They did, though, rule her death a suicide and close the case within two weeks. So president of the National Association of Medical Examiners, Dr. Sally Aiken, stated that it's super uncommon for someone to strangle themselves how Autumn did. Tyler also insisted that Autumn wouldn't complete suicide. His theory is, quote, she was at the wrong place at the wrong time and someone, maybe some crazy dude, came over and got her. So it is interesting that somebody who could potentially be a person of interest would say, I also don't think that she killed herself. Right. And then he just assumes it's a man who did this to her. I mean, well, I, I, mean I guess. You said they... That's true. Not necessarily, though. Yeah, yeah, either way. Like, yeah, either way. Like, it is kind of... He's, like, not really helping his situation by saying that. It's kind of, like, putting more eyes on him. You think so? In a way. See, I kind of feel the opposite, actually. I feel like because he's saying... I feel like if he wanted to, like, get attention away from him, he would say, you know, she's been sad lately and it doesn't surprise me and da-da-da-da. So I actually think it makes him look less guilty yeah. being like, I don't think she completed suicide. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, I can see that. But who knows? So Autumn's father, James, and his wife, Amy, hired a private investigator, Brent Campbell, he immediately was put off about how they couldn't explain the mechanics of how someone would complete a suicide in that manner and how quickly they closed the case. It wasn't until February that swabs from the autopsy were sent to the crime lab for inspection. In May, the crime lab said there was no male DNA or semen on the swabs. And that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but things like storage, time, and the amount of sperm cells can affect that result. Garcia retired two weeks after that. So private investigator Campbell and Autumn's family contacted the King County Medical Examiner and discovered that the original slide that contained the sperm cells is still available. So they have inquired to have this along with any other physical evidence re-examined. And they copied Chief Carmen Best, who made it happen. So as of right now, this case is being reinvestigated in it is open. Additionally, I should mention that charges against Tyler for the infant were dropped. There's no other information about that, but that's the situation. And that's our story of Autumn Stone, this current active case. I don't see, I'm not even going to talk about whether or not we think that she could have potentially been in a place of complete suicide. You never know where someone's head is at. That being said, how? Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no to the suicide thing. I, 
like you said, it is kind of weird, like, how, if, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't fall together, like, this is, this is what she meant to do. She meant to kill herself. It's, she was killed, she was murdered, and then, you know, she has semen inside of her, like, and so did they, did you say, did they ever, did they have enough to, like, test it already? Or that's what they're doing yeah, now? that's being sent off right now. That's what they're doing now. Okay, because I was going to say, like, maybe it could have been, um, his name was Tyler, right? According to him, they hadn't seen each other in a couple, several days. Okay, so, I mean, and that might help his case, too, so. Right, I agree. The thing about it is, like, they're saying, okay, so she didn't have water in her lungs, but she had this shoelace tied, the shoelaces from her shoes tied around her neck, and then her vest was zipped up over it. It's not like the shoelaces literally, like, hanging off of it, so you've got to try and think about this, okay? So she had to have been able to close the shoelaces inside her vest, zip it up all the way continued to choke herself to death while standing in water so that she would fall into the water after her death, but not actually get fluid in her lungs because she had to already be deceased then before falling into the water. So you're telling me that she was standing in the water, like with her socks, without her shoes, like tied shoelaces, hit them underneath her vest, and then was kind of like pulling it up from the side. Like, is that what we're supposed to think? And it, like, went back underneath her vest. It doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You're right. Like, now that you put it that way, like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I, I simply don't see how it could be logistically possible. And I, you know, I just, yeah, no. I'm a no. I'm a solid, hard no on this. This is, to me, a homicide, period. This is one of the cases in this season that I feel very competently is a homicide. This one to me is a no questions asked homicide. That being said, not sure that I think that Tyler's involved. I don't think he's involved. I I definitely feel bad for his kids um, and what happened to them, especially like his, his child separate from her. Um, how he left her, you know, basically one half of her brain not, you know, not functioning normally, like the whole brain should be. Um, and then you said the case was dropped for his son, his youngest, right? That's correct. That's correct. For him and Autumn's son that that just happened to. And so a lot of people are going to point fingers at him and say, well, clearly he has a violent history and they're not wrong. Like, somebody who can lose patience with a baby can definitely lose patience with their now ex-fiance. That's the thing, is they just broke up. Yeah, that's true. Like, I was going to say, like, he could feel, um, uh, what's the word? He could feel, like, angry. angry. Yeah, angry, but, like, what's the other word for, like, turned down, like, Rejected? Yes, rejected. Sorry, thank you. (laughs) He can feel, like, rejected for, you know, her, like, 
not wanting to take the time to like hear him out about what happened before and what happened this time and immediately just cutting things off with him. Um, which she I could have heard him out actually though. And she might've been like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. Like either way, like the fact that she didn't want to stay with him after everything, he may be feeling, re- he could have felt rejected by that. And therefore he could be the person who did this to her. Not saying that he was, but like maybe that would be something that's more plausible than um, her committing suicide. Right, right. I agree. I mean, you know, he has he has the motive that you know people would want to look at. I just I can see it being also a random thing. And here's the thing too, just in regards to her in you know completing suicide. She had plans to go see her infants, her eldest son that day. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. The whole situation. And, like, she's in the middle of making appointments to go talk about her custodial rights. And I just don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me that she would complete suicide there. It could be somebody random, though. Because, unfortunately, doing this true crime podcast and you guys listening to true crime podcasts, that happens. Just because she was at odds with somebody at that point in time does not mean that he had anything to do with it. Could have been really, really shitty timing. Exactly. It could be that old ma- that man that was sitting down with the salt and pepper hair. It could have been him, but we never it could know. Have been that random dude. So hopefully there will be some answers once these DNA samples get properly tested. That could lead to answers in this case. If you do know any information, please, please, please report it. And on that note, if you want to see pictures from this episode, you can check them out at Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. You can follow us on Oh, that was Instagram. I don't think I said that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was Instagram. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Crafts and Crime. If you want to follow us on Facebook for updates, you can do that at Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. And if you would like to follow us on Patreon, you can do that at Craft Drafts and Crime. And go ahead and send us an email with opinions or stories. You can do that at Craft Drafts and Crime at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye. bye. bye.